up, everybody? Welcome back to Butter With That, Philadelphia's Starling Movies Podcast. Starling? Starling Movies Podcast. Um, we are back to our regularly scheduled programming after taking some time in January to uh, do an awards show, kind of things, uh, but now we are back. And this month of February, we are talking about the Oscars. Typically, movies that were not nominated, maybe some snubs, and talk about just how we feel about award shows and the Oscars in general. But before we get there, how's everybody doing tonight? Good. Pretty good. Great. Great. Excited to be back doing our regular thing. Yeah. This this month's going to be cool. Yeah. How are your craisins, Christine? They're great. Does anyone want it? No, no. please. Thank you. <laughs> I have pizza and chocolate. I'm fine. <laughs> Has anybody seen any movies recently? Um, always. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, we finished, uh, Gary and I were doing the, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series. So we finished that. So we watched, uh, Wes Craven's new nightmare, uh, which was actually really, really great. Um, and now we're starting on the universal monsters, uh, movies. So we just watched Dracula last night, which is cool, which I've seen Dracula a bunch of times, but he hadn't before. So it was kind of cool watching like, you know, initial Bella Lugosi performance. Um, but most importantly, I saw glass, uh, last mm. Sunday, um, which I liked it. Um, I know it's been getting real, like, you know, some shitty reviews and stuff. And I, I think there is some, like, valid stuff about, like, certain aspects of it. But I really like those characters. And I, like, really like that world. And I was, I was into it. Yeah. Those negative review headlines are getting old. Like, they are. This is a glass half empty. <laughs> Split decision. Wish, yeah. But, uh, uh, broken plot line like come on you're like fuck off yeah fuck off (laughs) but you know they think they're smart as hell yeah (laughs) typing away on their computer one post like five minutes earlier and they're like fuck i have to like redo Uh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah like every single one of them was trying to type furiously to get the funniest one out there searching in google has this been taken Oh, yeah. How many meetings have, how much time in meetings has taken up trying to come up with clever puns for like review headlines mm. every week? Yeah, I was like, we were listening to a podcast that was talking about the rev- the reviews. Um, uh, like they were just talking about like particular like nitpicky things of it. So I was just talking constantly being like, well, no, you're fucking wrong about that thing. Like there are just certain things that they were commenting on that are like actual like things that they didn't like, you know, know about like with psychology and stuff. And I was like, well, you're being nitpicky about something that's like actually fucking right. So <laughs> glass happened. Oh, uh, I saw <laughs> Dragon Ball Super Broly Ooh. theaters. Mm. Uh, the newest Dragon Ball not Z, because there's a new show called Dragon Ball Super. Uh, mm. The first Dragon Ball movie in quite a while. Uh, it was in a packed theater, almost sold out, um, on a Thursday night. Damn. Wow. And it was, you know was good. amazing. Uh, it was the best Dragon Ball movie I think they've ever made. Um, I think there's two types of really good Dragon Ball. And I think this is true with a lot of things where there's like a lot of like fun, complicated, like goofy plot stuff. And then when everything is just like stripped down to its basics. And Broly decided to just strip everything down to his basics, where there's no a million side characters, no complicated plotting. Mm. You have like antagonist, protagonist. It's mainly just like Vegeta, Goku, Bulma, just like the stripped down crew and a lot of punching. Some of the best animation that I've seen in a long time. Um, they turn Antarctica into lava. No. And they punch oh, so hard they break the space time continuum. Yeah, that's like, that's like a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It got Damn. punched all the way through the Earth's crust. It wow. was really intense. Um, 
I didn't realize how big of a deal Dragon Ball was. Like when I went to go see Glass, I saw the poster and I'm like, that's weird. And then Connor and I were at Rite Aid the other day and we didn't even say Dragon Ball. We said something very vague about movies. And the guy's like, you talking about Dragon Ball at Rite Aid? And he got real excited about it. He's like, I've seen it twice already. And then the security guard behind us was like, yeah, man, I'm stoked about that. And I was like, wow. what the fuck is going on? And I think... Um, Broly is the fifth highest grossing movie in the world as of the end of January. Holy shit. Um, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it came in fourth place this weekend. Or like um, over the past like weekend. Mm. So it's been doing really well. Smash hits. Damn. That means probably more Dragon Ball coming to theaters in America. Fantastic. Cool. Do I need to know mm. anything about the Dragon Ball universe to enjoy that movie? I feel like you need to know at least like the basic of the Dragon Ball Z series of like who Goku is, who Vegeta is, who Frieza is as like, cause he's like one of the main villains in the original oh, anime. Oh, Frieza in it? Yeah, I guess uh, they bring cool. Frieza back to life in the Dragon Ball Super anime. To okay. Like, cause Dragon Ball Super, they reveal, I'm sure everyone is loving this, who's listening, <laughs> they reveal the multiverse in that show. That's like the big thing. Mm-hmm. And there's this tournament between all the different multiverses. And so I guess for some reason they need to bring Frieza back to like save Earth, like their multiverse from like collapsing or something like that. And so now Frieza cool. is a sort of like reluctant helper. Am oh, I 12? Weird. Because I feel like I still want to giggle every time I hear Vegeta. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. Okay, good. <laughs> but I think someone who doesn't, who appreciates like animation and like action, I think can still really be get into Dragon Ball Super Broly. Word. Hmm. That's cool. cool. And anything else? Any other movies people saw? I spent the weekend watching almost every Marvel movie. We got up at like six in the morning. Damn. Watched it until 10 p.m. I think we skipped a total of five or six. Um, We just didn't get to three. We didn't get to Spider-Man, Infinity War, or Ant-Man and the Wasp. And we skipped Doctor Strange. I refuse to see that movie in protest. (laughs) And um, we skipped the Guardians because I don't like those. But um, my thoughts is that... Overall, great movies. However, the passage of time is ridiculous. You you hmm. cannot. You you have no idea what's going on. And they did like not a really great job world building like and making everything interconnected until like Ant-Man, Black Panther and That's Spider-Man. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of things where I'm like, how did you not talk about this later on? Shield explodes from the inside. Hydra's a thing. And then we don't hear about it again. Mm. And like Hydra is such a big thing in Captain America Winter Soldier. And you don't make that his third movie. Like the the tie up there. That is just poor storytelling. It's mm. not great. Um I think that Iron Man and Thor got really fantastic third movies that tie up their narratives well. You're a fan of Iron Man 3? It's, I mean... Because I really like Iron Man 3, and I know that's a controversial I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people didn't like it, but I remember liking it. I really loved Iron Man 3. It's fine. In in all honesty, I think the Iron Mans are my least favorite. I'm just not interested. But I enjoyed watching them. I think Iron Man 2 is... It's very. I only repre- like it because Sam Rockwell is in it. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. really representative of the time period that it was made. Is he a villain. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. He's, yeah. Kind, he's like a douche. He's like the corporate villain. <laughs> yeah, he's like corporate the, douchebag. Like, the brute. Because <laughs> like, there's something that happened with like Iron Man one and two, which it was still very much of like the the superhero movies before the two 2010s, where it was like you know the original Spider Mans, the the Fantastic Four it felt like very similar to those, and then something happened with like Thor, Captain America, and Avengers, and it changed the whole game. Mm. Um, 
But yeah, Iron Man 3 is fine. Um, but I was just like, and, and I might be biased because Captain America is also like my favorite, obviously. But <laughs> um, it's just, you, clearly they made mistakes with Age of Ultron and they had to clean those mistakes up. And they're like, yeah. Yeah. we'll sacrifice Captain America 3 for that. And it's just, Mm. terrible ass storytelling and a lot of people are saying well he's gonna have a little screen time and end game and it's gonna tie up his narrative there too damn bad you should have done that in his third movie that's what the third movie's there for it was not supposed to be avengers 2.5 or whatever it was it was like 2.4 which is definitely <laughs> definitely what it was it's interesting too because you watching that and like me watching glass recently um because like that whole thing like is like a super like his superhero stories so it was interesting that like a lot of the nitpicky things i feel like were people who were expecting it to be more like the marvel superhero movies we've come to know now because that is kind of like the you know the norm we're very used to those coming out and it feels like a lot of people thought that's what it was going to be and i was like that is not what unbreakable was that was not what split was so yeah. i don't really know why they were expecting be. that it and it shouldn't yeah it's so funny that people said that about unbreakable when that came out I know. Like, it's not like x-men and blade and you're like does it have to be? Yeah. It can't be yeah. different. Yeah. They're different, different kind of movies. <gasps> yeah, I know. People, I don't know. Sometimes I just people feel bad for people M. Night. People don't change. Everyone sucks. Wall people don't change. change. <laughs> Speaking of people don't changing, how about we talk about the Academy? Ooh, yeah. Good segue. Yeah, especially after just wrapping up our uh, previous two episodes, our two-parter. Uh, concerning where we would recommend uh, 2018's movies for the Oscars. <laughs> and they did not line up <laughs> for no. the most part. Some for the most yeah. part. Some places. Some places. For the most part. And, uh, but yes. and we'll get into <laughs> that. So February is our anti-Oscars month. Yeah. Um, That'll show them. Before we get into... <laughs> They're going to hate this. <laughs> We're taking down the institution. <laughs> From the inside. <laughs> Um, I thought it'd be what a great place to start would be just talk about what is the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Um, this is a group Something of people. That's boring already. I know. Please go ahead and tell me. <laughs> well, science. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who needs sound and light <laughs> and microphones? I sure don't. <laughs> um, so the first Academy Award celebration ceremony was held on may 11th 1927 mm. good for them Whoa. so this is the 91st academy awards that is happening soon um something i was always really confused about until doing research for this podcast was who is a member how many members are there because mm -hmm. a group of these are the group of people from like all different disciplines of film who decide what movies are going to be nominated in all the different categories and that's broken up into guilds if I'm not mistaken, correct? Mm -hmm. I think there's 17 branches mm -hmm. within membership. Oh, my God. Um, so as of... <laughs> 20 20 math. <laughs> Science and math? Come on! <laughs> as of 2017, there were approximately 6,687 members of the Academy. Holy Is shit. Is this like actors? Uh, actors, Who directors, sound technicians. Oh, and you get like your card. Sort of. I don't know. I know nothing. <laughs> Um, so in 1927, there were only 36 members of the Academy. So uh, this is more. Hmm. So this is yeah, significantly a little more. Bit. Can you imagine what 1927 looked like, though? All the Art Deco, uh, the clothes. <laughs> uh. It was probably a 20-minute ceremony. <laughs> like, no television. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. It just was whispered, whispered on the wind. <laughs> People just like, extra. Ah, okay. Read all about it. 
<laughs> they did it from the top of the building. <laughs> and through the windows. <laughs> um, Softly fancy in there. <laughs> so basically, there's a board of governors who kind of controls all the membership and whatnot. And the way that you can be um, join the academy is if you are invited directly by one of the board of um, governors members, or if two members nominate you to join. Does uh. it come by carrier pigeon? How do you know? How do you get invited? You get a card in the mail. In 1927, I bet mm. they went to your door. Like, oh, that's door. uncomfortable. Don't come to my door, ever. My door. I never want anyone to come to my yeah. door. <laughs> Someone knocks on my door, I'm like, you better be a delivery man or no one. Mm-hmm. You got pizza? <laughs> pizza or bust. Even so, then, I'm stressing out about my like awkward interaction with the delivery person. <laughs> pizza, or go fuck yourself. I'm always wearing like the grossest outfit ever, and yeah. I'm like, yes, this all is all for me. <laughs> Reminds me of when uh, on the office when Michael and um, what what was Will Ferrell's character name? Um, Vicar, Vic, um, oh, oh, crap. who cares? It's Will Ferrell. Uh, anyway, when who they cares? It's the office. But it was so funny. Whoa! <laughs> we'll talk about Netflix in just a second. Um. Anyway, when he goes through the Dundies, goes house to house, Meredith's there, like, disheveled, not even home. It's like, Meredith, your front door's open. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's a lot of people in the Academy. Most of them are white. Most of them are male. Um, something nowadays... To the surprise it's about, of no one. <laughs> it's about 89% white. Oh, my God. And 73% male. Wow. Currently. That's as of 2017. Is... What about age ranges? Um, oh. As of 20... I think... 2010, the median age was like 65. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really all you need to know, I think, about the Oscars. You right? have that mom from SpongeBob. They're like, I remember when they made chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> They're the ones who are voting. <laughs> what's a What's an Avenger? <laughs> I yeah, I am 100 uh, percent against ageism, but the fact that many people are over 65. What's going on? Let's ponder this a moment. I'm all, I'm about including uh, people of all ages in the academy. I'll pass it on uh, back to you, Connor. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, strides were made in 2016. 683 new members were brought into the academy, half of whom were women and people of color. But that still leaves 89 percent of is, the people. Yeah, fucking. Doesn't it sort of stupid. feel like Title Nine, where it's like, oh, I guess we have to, but like you need to have that also, kind of thing in there. Why do we need that many people? <laughs> Yeah. That's the other yeah, thing. Right. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as time goes on, it's going to be like 7,000, 8,000. That's, that's wild. so many people. That sounds like a clusterfuck to try to, like, figure out all of this stuff then, you know? Yeah. That is a great transition to talk about this year's nominations. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. The clusterfuck that has been the Academy Awards this year. I thought we'd play a fun game called Let's uh, Nay It or Yay It. Ooh, I have a I few like breakout cat uh, some of the categories nominations and will agree or disagree with them uh, for best picture uh, Black Panther Black Klansman Bohemian Rhapsody Green Book A Star is Born Vice The Favorite and Roma were all nominated for best picture Tori yay it or nay it uh, nay to specifically Green Book and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah hmm. yeah I've only seen Black Panther and Roma which I'm deaf yay but based on what I've been reading, I agree with Tori. Nay it, Sam. Yeah, nay to... I forgot all of them. Green Book, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody, and there was... Tori, you gotta get that t-shirt. Gotta get that t-shirt swag. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> this well, was obviously important. This <laughs> Justin. What was it? 
the vice. I don't care. Like, yeah, Dick Cheney is evil. We get it. I'm just, like, tired of these movies with, like, showing problematic white men. We get it. We know. We know. Yeah, white men are very problematic. A lot. <laughs> yeah, I heard he was, like, not even that great yeah, at all. Like, I just... Like, who, yeah, who gives a shit? Fuck <laughs> yourself, Dick, Dick Cheney. I hate it. Um, also, but that said, though, I do want to see the movie they make about this time with, like... Trump and Roger Stone. And oh, in like 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want to see that. Mostly because I'll probably be like senile by then. So I'll be like, ah, yeah. In 20 years? Uh-huh. It's going to be a rough ride. Exactly oh, right. man. Uh, Dave, how do you feel about this best picture list? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of them. Um, but that being said, and like I said, I guess in the last two episodes, there weren't a whole lot of movies really this year that this past year. Um, that I really gravitated toward or really grabbed my attention too much. So I don't know. I'm glad Roma's on there. I'm glad Black Panther's on there. But beyond that, I I, I got to say, I kind of don't really care. So I guess it's an A. I'm surprised Black Klansman was nominated. That oh, that like... I haven't seen yet, though. I have heard yeah, that's really yeah. good. I mean, it, it is great that there are three movies that all deal specifically with like race issues that have been nominated. But I also think that there are some that dealt with it better than things like uh Green Book. I keep wanting to say Green Room, which is a very different movie, but Green Book. (laughs) Well, like, Sorry to Bother You, which didn't get one Uh single nomination, and actually there was this um, Pitchfork article that was like, Boots Riley was just like, yeah, it's because we didn't run an Oscar campaign. We didn't pay for ads. Mm -hmm. Like, didn't buy into that system, which I thought was one of the coolest statements. Granted, like, I would love for Boots Riley to get all of, like, the funding for like future projects that he wants and like all of the performances um, of the actors in that movie to get like appreciation for their amazing performances. But it was just a wonderfully interesting insight into the fact that people have to pay to run an Oscars campaign mm-hmm. and that movie just didn't. And so it was like, well, f- fuck, like, yeah, fuck the whole system essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but which I, yeah, I thought. Sorry to bother you is like one of the most standout movies I think of twenty eighteen. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I really so need to watch that. To yeah. Uh, how about Best Actor? It's pretty much the same story. You got Christian Bale for being Dick Cheney and Vice, Bradley care. Cooper for Stars Born, Willem Dafoe at Eternity's Gate. Never heard of that movie until Ooh, what I was researching that? this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He was Eternities. wearing like a Russian hat. I don't know. Oh, it was the Van Gogh movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Which I gotta say, like, he looks like Van Gogh. That's good casting. Yeah, yeah. He, oh. I never thought about that until it happened. There were, like, multiple Van Gogh movies that came out. There's, like, the illust- or the animated one, I think. Mm-hmm. And then maybe this more bi- biopic one. I don't know. Anyhow. Still doesn't make me care about it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to see that. Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, this I really is all. I feel like, honestly, but, like, I know Bohemian Rhapsody that just has, like, so much negative shit attached to it. I like him, but I whatever. feel like he, I feel like what I've heard about that, it's like he is very good. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's fine by me. Best Actress, I think, is a pretty interesting category. Uh, I'm Oof. really going to mess up this name. Yalitza... Aparicio. Aparicio. Aparicio? Yeah, Aparicio from Roma. I believe I read she was the first indigenous woman to be nominated. Yes. Yes. Her reaction to getting nominated, you could see it online. They just scream as (laughs) her name pops up and she's crying. It's amazing. Yeah, she was wonderful. Uh, So that's for the film Roma. And then Glenn Close and The Wife. I never heard of that movie. 
but Glenn Close. Uh, Olivia okay. Coleman in The Favorite. She was great. I haven't even seen The Favorite, but I just know she was standout because mm-hmm. I fucking love her. Yes. Uh, Lady Gaga for Star is Born. She really killed in that movie. She was really good. But I'm probably the but only you know one that's really wants, I don't know. Do you know she wants the Oscar? She's like. You don't think these other women want the Oscar? Well, yeah, but like she's been like, <laughs> I'm going to get it. I want it. Here's she she works so Gaga, fucking hard. Like, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. But also, Lady Gaga being nominated for that and uh, Tony Collette. Not being nominated. I can't believe she didn't get nominated. That bitch went through so much shit in that movie, and like she should have totally been nominated. That was a big surprise. I can see why she wasn't. Oh, but you should hear the last person. You should hear the last person. Oh, who is it? Melissa McCarthy. Can you ever forgive me? That is a movie well, I wanted to see. That's supposed to be really good. Is it? Yeah. A surprise nomination. Because she's usually pretty she's terrible. She's in that with a guy. Wait, I also no. Really she's fine. She's she's fine. I think she's way overhyped. Hmm. As a comedian, I mean, I assume she's a nice Wait, person. Did you see she's the got heat, a great though? person. That movie is funny. Actually, is that the one I did Bullock? find it very yeah. funny because <laughs> I love Sandra Bullock, so I'll see anything she's oh, in. Oh, see, I don't like Sandra Bullock, but I did like mm-hmm. that movie. Those are fighting words. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bird box challenge over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm so sick of that. Hearing about that movie, <laughs> my my friend called it. Um, she got Bandersnatch and Bird Box mixed up, and she said Bird Snatch, and I like <laughs> my soul left my body. That would be a movie I would pay big money to choose see. your own adventure. <laughs> you go. You have to blindfold yourself while answering the question. God. All right. Um, let's just jump to animated feature: uh, Incredibles two, Into the Spider Verse, Wreck It Ralph two, Isle of Dogs, and uh, Mirai. Didn't see any of those. I feel Me like either. yay. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Sure. Wreck-It Ralph Two Into was the not Spider-Verse good. Into the Spider Verse was very good. Um, I've heard Isle of Dogs is great. I love Wes Anderson, so that's yeah. definitely what I wanted to see. Yeah. Cool. So um, the movie, yeah, your nay, it's over, yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we still have a whole month of Oscars to talk about. True. <laughs> um, so the movie that I chose for this month is a Netflix original, Okja. Um, this movie is absolutely incredible. I'm. Really wish it got nominated for an Academy Award. It was actually directed by the man who directed Snowpiercer, Bong Joon-ho. So I think this is our first repeat. Mm-hmm. We realize yeah, repeat director. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to give a brief history of Netflix's relationship with the Academy. Um, Netflix has been nominated for 28 awards and has only won two so far. Hmm. What um, ones do you know? So they were two documentaries. Oh, okay. uh, Give me one second to find it. I know one was Icarus. It was a movie about a uh, documentary about uh, doping like, and yeah. oh, which was really great. Uh-huh. And then another movie called I think it's called The White Helmets, which is about the Syrian civil war and like volunteers who try to help save people mm-hmm. in it. So a best documentary, best short documentary were the huh. only two Academy Awards Netflix has won so far. I assume Roma. They're nominated for 10. I imagine mm-hmm. that will win at least a few. They're nominated for best picture, uh, best director, best actress, best supporting actress. Best Original Screenplay, Best Foreign Film, wow. Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Production Design, Best Cinematography. Okay. Um, Damn. Christine, Dave, did you see it? Yeah. So do you, what are the odds that it might win any of those, you think? I don't know. Having not seen the other films that came out this year and mm. just the way the Academy generally conducts these awards, I have no idea. I mean, cinematography, at it least. It should be a handover <laughs> for that, at like, the very least. It's I, spectacular. Yeah. That was like one of the best aspects of the movie. Um, I think it's a big fit. Like I've just been seeing all. Yeah, I think definitely it could win. 
a lot. I think it could either sweep or like not take any or just take like one. I feel like it's either going to like total landslide. I think sound totally... editing too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the drips of water. Yeah. It's just Black Panther really... was also nominated for that. And with the other films that were uh, also another Netflix movie this year that has three Academy Award nominations is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Just mm-hmm. watched this movie the other night. It was I really liked it. Uh, best original song for when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings. <laughs> Damn. So I mean, good. that song was fine. But, like, <laughs> but it's also like about a dude who just like murdered a shit ton of people. And so it's like they're going to be playing this at the like Oscars. And I find that alone mm-hmm. hilarious. That. Uh, yes, that will be a wonderful segment. Um, best adapted screenplay and best costume design. I guess they were based off of a book called All Gold Canyon. Something like that. Oh. Mm hmm. Uh, and then Mudbound last year. Oh, yeah. That movie was good. Uh, got nominated for four Academy Award nominations. The first original film to get by Netflix. Oh, that get was nominated. Netflix. Yes. Um, yep. So best original song mm. and best supporting actress. Uh, those are both for Mary J. Blige. Adapt, best adapted screenplay and best cinematography for Mudbound. Mm. Um, and I just want to go into this. So for the Emmys, Netflix has been nominated for 128 awards and oh has won God. 37 of those. Damn. OK. Those for the Emmys, mostly House of Cards and Orange is the New Black. Mm. Hmm. Funny for the Golden Globes, The Crown and um, House of Cards were the only two winners hmm. for Golden Globes ones. I thought that was interesting. And Grammys, Netflix has been nominated four times with zero wins. <laughs> for what? <laughs> just like songs and original oh, like movies. Music documentaries? I think for songs, songs and original and... movies. I think. Huh. I just thought that was funny. Um, and I also want to look up how many Netflix original movies have there been. Oh, my God. Uh, there were two in 2015. Beast of No Nations was the first one with Idris Elba. Oh, yeah. That movie's amazing. Damn. Um, Netflix actually didn't make that movie. They bought that movie because it was just sitting on a shelf because like a production company folded hmm. or whatever. And then the Adam Sandler movie, Ridiculous Six. Oh, my God. Two <laughs> like completely opposite. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. they made a huge deal with Adam Sandler for like a six picture deal. Oh, God. For like hundreds of you know, millions of dollars. Uh, and. 2016, there were 17 original films. I really haven't heard of any except for I'm the Pretty Thing That Lives in This House and Ooh, that Mascots. Uh, and then a dumb Adam Sandler, dumb Kevin James movie. Uh, 2017, there were 40 original films. Wow. Highlights I noticed were Okja, Gerald's Game, The Babysitter, uh, A Christmas Prince, and more dumb Adam Sandler. Um, in 2018, there were 70 original films. Bird Box, Roma, the um, Andy Circus Jungle Book movie, Battle of Buster Scruggs, The Night Comes for Us, The Christmas Chronicles. Uh, Shirkers. Oh, The Night Comes for Us. Which I'm sad was not nominated for Best Documentary because it was so, so good. Everybody go see it. It's great. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> She's going to curse. Yeah. curse. You, you can do that. <laughs> oh, and we can't forget A Christmas Prince 2 also came out in 2018. So that means there have been a total of... Like 129 original Netflix films. That's a lot. And if you count documentaries, there are 204 Shit. Netflix films okay, cool. since 2013. And because I hate myself, I looked up the total <laughs> minutes of original Netflix My movie God. content. Added it all if up. If you extended it, how many times could you wrap it around the earth? I feel like that's always the metric. Um, 13,087 total minutes of Netflix movies, excluding documentaries. And you better uh, get started now. It would take you nine days. To watch every single Netflix original movie that's wow. come out. And the average runtime is one hour and 41 minutes, in case you were wondering. So out of all of those movies, 204, only like five have been nominated for Academy Awards. Wow. God. So I thought that was an interesting kind of perspective. And it has something to do with like the like, I don't know, 
like what they're allowed to nominate, I guess, like their rules, right? Yeah, so a movie has to be in a f- in a certain number of physical theaters mm-hmm. for mm, X right. amount of time. Mm. Um, Netflix put Battle Buster Scrubs, I suppose, in some theaters. Mm-hmm. I never heard of it. I guess it didn't come to Philly, but it had to be in theaters to be nominated for Academy Awards. I um, bet that's going to change. If like yeah, a company ni- like Netflix is now producing like nominated films reg more regularly and people's access to those is just online yeah. i feel like that's going to be phased well out and for soon. the screeners for all the six thousand members they can just queue up netflix and watch it they don't have to wait for a dvd yeah or, right. a, or a file to be sent to mm. them so it's ease of access too and it's also like more affordable to just mm-hmm. have one netflix subscription than to go to the movies yeah. all the time and also i'll be honest with you like i go to the movies less and less and less because i'm so worried about what i'm gonna run into at the movies like the movie theater near my house had a bed bug scare i will oh. never go back i will never no. go back so great like i but can also, enjoy like, this movie i from my am also into the idea you. of more netflix movies like doing some more like you know being in theaters like I, I think Buster Scruggs was in theaters here for a little bit. Oh, um, I'm pretty sure it was at one of the Ritzes. Um, but like, there's some of this stuff like I would totally go see, even if I knew I could like get access to it, because like I just think some things are gonna look better like on a big screen anyway. Yeah. yeah, and so for me with Netflix, should Roma only be in like 400 theaters for three weeks, or should they do a mass release if they really care about cinema? That's kind of where I think about like if they really cared about the art of cinema instead of protecting their own. You know, I guess website when they mass release it just kind of like any other movie well i feel like netflix has a lot going on so i assume they'll figure something out eventually maybe and roma could be the first best picture if it wins that nobody knows how many people have seen it bird box was the first movie also the uh first like also nom foreign film nomination to win best picture oh has that never happened before mm-hmm Oh, that's that, cool. At least that's what I understand. We can fact check this I'm episode after this, like racist American society. Mm. Um, yeah. So for Bird Box, they said forty-five million people watched it opening weekend, Whoa. which is about how many people saw Black Panther. Now, does that mean one minute and that's a person? Yeah. Two minutes, like, is, or is it? You know, it's, it's definitely not start to finish. That's yeah. an interesting. Yeah. Um. So that was Bird Box first time ever they released numbers for any of their properties, which uh, is really fascinating. Except with um, was it Christmas Prince? To the <laughs> oh, yeah, the tweet. Oh <laughs> uh, God, what was it? Says to the like fifty three people who've watched the Christmas Prince eighteen days in a row. Who are you? <laughs> I think that's scary that Netflix has that knowledge. It so is. Yeah. Um, And I mean, Netflix has really changed the game for the entire cinema landscape. I don't think you would really see the Disney and Fox merger Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for Netflix Um, and Google, NBC, Warner Brothers, like all these people launching their own online streaming services. Well, it's giving to a chance, a chance to a lot of things that like probably wouldn't get released otherwise. Um, Like I like this year specifically, I think like some of the best movies I have seen this year were all Netflix original movies, which was super cool. Mm-hmm. And like Amazon, too, is like bringing up the game to Hulu doing some original content, too. Mm, so yeah. it's cool to see like these new platforms for entertainment. I mean, the thing is, is like cable needs to die. Mm. It just needs to go away. It's too expensive. You never get the shit you want. They're weird ass packages. Die cable commercials. Yeah. Commercials. Well, I mean, you do have commercials on some of like Hulu if you mm-hmm. don't have the higher subscription, which I don't. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm a broke. But then bitch. you have the scary thing where it was coming out that Netflix would 
advertise movies based on the way that through algorithms it assessed like aspects of your identity and like will would promote a movie based on what the website thought that would make you more likely to see it which well, i think is kinda... also really fucked up and veering in a very I don't know dangerous I care. yeah i don't either because also isn't that how they kind of did like um isn't that how like house of cards came about like wasn't it that like they put a bunch of information together based on like what they thought people would want to see if they did do an original series i remember that was like a whole thing when <laughs> it first cool. came out and they were like ah, oh, yeah this like crazy political drama you know and like yeah like that was a big deal when that first came out but like advertise so it's like if they see that i like identify as a woman then they're gonna put posters of that movie with just the female characters. That like that. It's yeah, kind of like a Facebook, posters. like you know, bubble community. That concept. I think is yeah. is needs to In be terms checked of moderated content. and like reconsidered. <laughs> well, whatever Netflix has been doing as of October 2018, they announced they have 137 million new uh, million subscribers total. 58 of whom, mm-hmm. 58 million are in the U.S. I wonder if they could ever find out how many of us are stealing Netflix from other <laughs> from people. Because uh, <laughs> I definitely like am. Net, they, Netflix network. They released yeah. some number that said out of the six million new subscribers in the past like three months, only one million did not buy new accounts. Huh. So they must have some way of knowing if you're like yeah, using your mom's must. account or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, you're um, allowed to add profiles. That's true, which thank God that became a thing because I was like, cool, I can now like have my own weird section of movies and things that I watch. Mm -hmm. And I made um, uh, uh, Joe Keery from Stranger Things, my profile picture on Netflix. Cute. Steve Harrington. Uh, Netflix, just real quick before we jump into Okja, is also apparently $30 billion in debt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They have been debt spending nonstop, which is tip like Amazon is also in debt. Amazon hasn't made like a real technical profit. I don't think ever. So that's just kind of like how a lot of ways like startup, these internet startup companies kind of work. But they've been, but Amazon, uh, Netflix has kind of taken to the next level where in uh, pretty much every three months they add $2 billion in debt. Damn. Of additional, we are buying debt from so debt So just markets. at the rate that it's coming in yeah. is crazy. And they said, okay. um, their CFO said that by 2020, they predict material improvements in spending. And several years after that, we will break even. They also just got sued recently for uh, by the creators who own the trademark uh, "Choose Your Own Adventure." I heard about this oh. yeah. because of uh, Vandersnatch, so they Which got that to dumb. deal with as well. Well, it's like it's like Pillsbury books. Hey, if you came up with a great idea, you're in a fight for it. Well, and like, also, like they're not the only people that have done this. Like this has been a thing elsewhere too. Like Goosebump books. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bandersnatch is not the first person to fucking steal I don't, I don't this know, thing. I guess. Well, that's that's something that uh, the person that brought this up to me pointed out. Is like it sets a pretty dangerous precedent for the company moving forward if they're willing to sue a company for it because then they could be losing out on a lot of residuals from. Yeah. Vicariously licensed property. Exactly. So. Also, why are they still a thing? Like, who, <laughs> who is, like, still, like, working at this company that's like, hey, fuck these people? You well, know? They, they for kept this renewing moment. it. Kept renewing no, it's it like, every year. they knew they had a good idea, and they're, they're like. They're covered in cobwebs, and then Bandersnatch <laughs> come out, and they, like, immediately become they're alive. Like, I ru- Wait, what's uh, Mushu, what does he do in Mulan? He's like, I live! <laughs> <laughs> 
Netflix is great and like some of these other platforms too because they give me hope like um, because like fuck cable uh, but yeah. like I'm a huge Hannibal fan it is one mm-hmm. of my favorite shows ever and um, you know I think there's a good chance it's going to live on in one of these other platforms because that's where a lot oftentimes a lot of good programming goes that just like isn't getting the numbers that fucking cable wants and stuff so I think people that's, are throwing away cable yeah. and it's like yeah no wonder why you're not getting views and people don't have taste <laughs> that's also <laughs> true <those> people. <laughs> yeah Netflix is kind of endlessly fascinating and I'm really curious to see what happens when Disney launches their own streaming service at yeah, the end of the year shit. I think they're I read somewhere they're spending definitely like a, close to a dozen billion dollars on it uh-huh. um, and they lost a dozen billion something ish like they're spending billions of dollars on this platform and Netflix doesn't have, have anything else to back it up aside from its original content which is the most expensive stuff to make mm. and when NBC launches their own streaming service they're going to take the office off of Netflix yep um, and Friends is licensed by Warner Brothers, even though it was on NBC because mm-hmm. Warner Brothers ponied up the money for it. Mm-hmm. So when Warner Brothers and Time Warner launched their own streaming service, I doubt Friends will be on Netflix anymore. But Damn. also, I wonder what I mean, I wonder, like, how well those are going to go for those companies, because mm-hmm. I don't want to down. I don't want to yeah, get scri- subscriptions to a million fucking things like I'm yeah. not about that at all. I feel like I'm already at my limit of <laughs> yeah, subscriptions. Same. Yeah, because like I don't watch like, I don't watch cable, so I don't watch the shit that they have on there. Uh, yeah. I watch Netflix and I watch hockey that I get through mm-hmm. NHL app, yeah. so, like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I was going to say Oh, my uh, God. Well, yeah, I mean, Disney can, makes a billion dollars a year from Winnie the Pooh alone. I just know so that I when like, I... Like, they have all... So I'm just curious, like, will Disney just outspend Netflix just to, will. like, put them in the grave? Oh, my God. When I start my... Or uh, when I need a, a uh, investment portfolio, I'm going to you. Because you know <laughs> you. all of the uh, values of all of these big companies. I, I just know all that, this stuff. I'm interested to see... And we should have this conversation yes. at a different We're time. But, like, um, I'm interested, like, how, like, comparing a lot of these different platforms and stuff too and like how they're doing and what they're doing differently like um shutter i think is a really great one and it's like a lot of horror stuff but they're also putting out like their own things too like um there's this like one like um horror movie host kind of dude who like does all these marathons i also was on there the other day and um i found out that they have um a theme song that was written by john carpenter (laughs) and uh you know how they have the yule log they have like the they have like a pumpkin like like version of it so I was sitting there, I was like, I love you guys so much. <laughs> but see, that's like very niche. So like, yeah. I, I like that that exists. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like that, that stuff to me makes me really happy. So I like wonder how, like that's the only reason I have the streaming services because it is like very fun and like mm-hmm. has like great yeah. stuff. So um, I, I think it's going to take a lot of convincing for me to like get other things outside of like what I have. Because yeah. so far I can access most things I want and need to watch from like the couple different like mm-hmm. things that I am um, stealing from my mom. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that the Disney one I'll probably buy into because they'll have all the Marvel movies up there. And I know that they just ordered like a Loki miniseries TV Mm. show. And there's a Scarlet Witch TV show with Elizabeth. So like that, you got me, Disney. You got me. Well, and that's like Disney has the free IP to do whatever Star Wars, whatever Marvel show, whatever Excuse me, what does IP mean? Sorry, intellectual property. Got it. Um, That's why Netflix really wants to create all this original content, because they don't have to license it or pay money, pay Disney to make a Marvel TV show. Mm. Um, So 
yeah any kind of final thoughts on just like the structure of netflix or streaming i like thoughts netflix. on streaming i like netflix too same remember when you used to get the dvds in the mail nope. that's how i watched dexter <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> so I watched the first four seasons oh of Dexter. Oh, God, what a, what a horrible waste of your time. <laughs> okay, real quick with Dexter. I thought season one was really good. Season two was okay. And um, season three was fine. I thought season four was pretty good. All right. It, and it gets worse. It does get <laughs> it, get, it just plummets. But Michael C. Hall is just... I, don't know, I think he's just he's a really compelling actor. I, just, I liked him a lot in Six Feet Under. And then I was like, yeah, fine with him. Yeah, I was fine with him for a little bit in Dexter. And then I was like, you know what? No, this this is this is done. It's whatever. Did you hear about the Dexter copycat killer? Yep. I listened to the oh, last no. podcast on the I just left listened about to that him. This yeah. past week, too. Yeah. Really good episodes for uh, for folks listening. What city? I don't know. Oh, it was in Canada. I forget. Oh, okay. It was in Canada, but it was like... Of course Canada gets the nice serial killers. <laughs> I only kill the bad guys. <laughs> For justice. I don't think that's what happened with this guy. Uh -oh. Yeah, whatever. But okay. Uh, cool. So in, so I really wanted to focus on this angle of like Netflix and the Academy, and I chose Okja uh, to kind of represent Netflix original movies that were not nominated for any Oscars. Uh, Sam and Dave, you are the only ones who have not seen Okja. Mm -hmm. Correct. Um, yeah, I didn't see it until Christine recommended it uh, the other day. Cause I was trying to think of like what Netflix movie to pick. And she was like, you should watch Okja. I think you'd really like it. And I absolutely fell in love with this movie and the super pig that was raised. Mm. Um, before we get started, I'll give a, just a brief little plot synopsis. Um, in 2007, the Mirando Corporation um, announces that they found this miracle super pig that can give more meat, grow bigger than any other pig, and will save um, humanity from starvation. And so they give, what, like about a dozen of these super pigs to farmers all around the world? I think it's like 27 or 27. something. 27. Yeah. Uh, the tryout, like, oh, how, does, how do they farm in Korea? And what will that pig look like and in Canada and South America? And then 10 years later, they're going to check up on all these pigs and then have this giant, like, parade and pageant for this super pig that will then, like, get slaughtered. Uh, and so the story is about this little girl named Mija, who is um, lives in Korea and her and her grandfather are on this farm and raise the titular Okja, the super pig. Um, it turns out that Okja is like the greatest of all these super pigs. And then the Mirando Corporation uh, comes, takes Okja to New York City to put on this big parade and then ultimately to kill Okja. So it's kind of part adventure, part action movie, part um, environmental fable. Hmm. Um, and I think... The director does a really great job of balancing um, lots of different themes. But I'll turn it over to Sam, who is on trailer duty. Yeah. Before I do that, every time you say super pig, I think of spider pig from The Simpsons. <laughs> mm -hmm. Spider pig, spider pig. Part of me wishes they had a better name does. for it because every time I'm yeah. just like super pig is silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the trailer is beautiful. I think mm -hmm. that, like we said before, it's super well edited. The colors that are used are just fantastic. I think that... Bong Joo-ho's, like, use of color in both Snowpiercer and this are just well done. Um, but I think that I'm really concerned about the pig. I'm really concerned about Okja. Um, I feel like super now pig, I'm... Yeah, yeah, super, super pig, I'm really concerned. Now I feel like I'm bearing that weight of, like, <laughs> caring about what happens to this super pig, which I probably is, like hey, I will watch this film. So it's exactly... It's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, I did see... The actor that I, I love him from Turn. He played Caleb Brewster. I saw him in there. God bless. Um, <laughs> but also, like, 
I'm kind of over movies using animals as like plot devices and to like to get people to feel things. I'm okay. just like tired of it. But this looks great. I care about the pig. So you did your job. <laughs> you did it. Uh, Christine, you were on review duties. I was on review duty, and I think some before I sort of go through sort of general assessments of the movie, I think that definitely something was highlighted was not only the like beautifully CGI rendered Okja that does sort of pull people in being like, oh, this animal, I care about it, but that it really also <laughs> revolves around Mija and the performance of An Siu Yoon, who like is. And I've seen Okja, and I know that she is just a force to be reckoned with <laughs> in the best way possible. So I think also you you are not only feeling for Okja, the the creature in this in this story, but also uh, like the main character who cares so much for the animal sh and friend that she grew up with. Um, so this movie uh, was was pretty critically. Uh, had pretty favorable critical reviews. Rotten Tomatoes, 87%. Uh, audience rating, 81%. So kind of an interesting balance of both critical and audience That reviews. is pretty much identical to Drag Ball Super Broly's okay, Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so <laughs> nice little pair there. Oh, my God. Double feature. Um, <laughs> reviews I read definitely uh, praised Bong Joon-ho's direction and, again, uh, the performance of An Siu Yoon. Uh, and a lot, there were multiple comparisons to Steven Spielberg in its like exuberant energy, its storytelling. Mm -hmm. I can kind of see that actually. People compared yeah. it to kind of a m more brutal E.T. Yeah, E.T. Um, oh, no. so, she's got that red hood on for most of that part too, right? Gray. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I have to yeah. say, I have to say I, for some reason this week, everyone has been hitting on like my anxiety and pressure <laughs> points. Like E.T. represents one of those for me. Deep fear. It's an intense mm. movie. D that when they, when they alien? Kind of open like Please, I can't go through this. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it like definitely summons some of the same, yeah, like intense feelings one might have watching E.T. Um, I think across the board, there were some sort of conversations about how both, it, Snowpiercer comes a lot, like up a lot in comparison, how Bong handles like allegory uh, and people note how sometimes it seems to lack subtlety in the story and in the performances, but some argue that that's intentional. And then some are like, like writers wanted a little bit more subtlety in the exploration of like meat industries and capitalism and things like that. Um, two other articles about the movie that I really thought hit home and an interesting issue was the fact that this movie and addresses the fact that this movie was had a very multicultural cast and expanded the entirety of the or like like two realms of the world mm -hmm. um, and you see that somewhat in in Snowpiercer as far as um, like multicultural cast um, but in this movie definitely more so um, and Lee Lai from Media Adversity uh, initially addressed problems with uh, casting Tilda Swinton. She says, I'm still a bit burned by Swinton's taking a whitewashed role in Mar Marvel's Doctor Strange, wherein she dresses why I like an Asian Doctor monk, Strange. connecting back to, yeah. Um, That's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sam's not fondness for Doctor Strange. Um, and so uh, this writer said, so seeing her don a Chanel-made version of traditional Korean hanbok earned a bit of side-eye from me. Mm -hmm. But she also acknowledges that Bong does 
showcase and experiment in multicultural filmmaking. Um, with a South Korean and a Brit behind the screenplay, Okja takes cues from both hemispheres. The zany, frenetic comedy feels more akin to Korean or Japanese entertainment, mm -hmm. while the commentary against GMO recalls a Western critique of controversial agricultural practices. Mm -hmm. So I think she beautifully um, kind of addressed uh, both both the uh, performances of the actors and kind of the themes that it plays. And she says, best of all, ethnicities are never stereotyped. Bong recognizes the complexity of identity. Um, and she said, I was delighted to read that he specifically wrote a Korean American part, casting Steven Yun in the role mm. as translator for ALF. And then Sorry, one more thing. I, uh, <laughs> Don Quack from The Ringer also talked about, he said, and he commented specifically on this role. Uh, he said, Ocha is an exciting for this feat. It is not only the first major film to seamlessly integrate English and Korean, an estimate 20% of the film's dialogue is in Korean, mm -hmm. but it also features what might be the most realistic Korean-American character in film history. The Koreans, led by the unforgettable An uh, Asmesia, are the most developed, intricate, and layered characters. The Westerners, for a change, are the exaggerated stereotypes. So that was a really mm. long, I'm sorry about that, but I thought that these reviews kind of hit home on interesting, I think, points about about mm. the movie. I feel like that put the words how I felt watching the sorry, movie. Sorry, I did. Definitely. No, I love, no. That's so helpful. Torius, someone who also saw it for the first time. I did. I watched it yesterday. Um, and I, I feel like everyone I've talked to who's seen this movie really loves it. Um, and it's just one of those movies that's hard for me to watch because I uh, know it's going to make me cry. Um, and unlike certain people, I am always a sucker for animals. as like oh, plot yeah. points. Listen, I am too. That's the point. I'm tired of I'm it. I'm like, fine, give it to me. I'll watch it. Like, But it's it's one of those that like I like knew... I knew I was going to cry, which I did <laughs> a couple times when I was watching that movie. Um, I I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think one of my only, like, criticisms, maybe that was, like, the pacing felt kind of weird for, like, a certain period of the movie, mm -hmm. but that's, like, a fucking, you know. Um, <laughs> the I thought acting, like, overall was really great. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, I fucking love crazy Jake Gyllenhaal. He was batshit crazy. Batshit crazy. Um, you know, in this, in the new one that's coming out, the Velvet Buzzsaw, um, fucking uh, Nightcrawler. Like, I'm so in for crazy Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Steven Ewan, I thought, was really good. Uh, the girl who um, played um, the the main actress, who I can't tell how old she is. <laughs> um, uh, the, the, I think the script says she's 14. Okay, because, like, sometimes she looks so young, mm -hmm. and then other times, especially, she gets, like, kind of beat up towards, <laughs> towards, like, not even the end in, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie, and I'm like, damn, she looks like... I, like, she's aged throughout she's this. So like, she's badass. so wise beyond her years now. Um, uh, her and John Wick team up movie. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Um, but, like, one of my um, favorite people in the movie was actually Paul Dano's character, um, which was interesting. I think Paul Dano's a really good actor, um, but he's introduced as the leader of the animal rights organization, and immediately it felt like one of those movies where um, you have all these different sides trying to get Okja, and mm -hmm. so I just 
assumed they're all gonna kind of suck in in certain ways. Um, and you know, I feel like a lot of times they make these people feel very douchey. And when he's first introduced, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be some like you know crazy pita douchebag guy. Um, but then like he and I forget her name, and I feel bad. The main girl, Misha. Um, Misha, yeah, they end up like having this like bond, and he starts to care very much for her and her mission, and like. Um, is so sweet and endearing in that, um, which was really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I was a huge fan. Um, some of the stuff was really hard for me to watch. Um, there is basically a, a rape scene uh, where mm-hmm. Okja is raped. Oh, my God! Um, uh, yeah. And, um, you know, they, they take, like, some of the meat out of her, too, in this really creepy way, <sighs> and it just felt like... It, pu- it doesn't hold back any punches. Yeah, it was, it was a really hard... Um, like that was a very hard rape scene to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, so, guess what? I'm never seeing this movie. I mean, it was very difficult, um, but th- I mean, the end of it is like very beautiful, and I just like like so many tears um, falling down my face. I was like fine at one point. I'm like okay, and then immediately something happened, and yep. I just like was weeping uncontrollably. Um, I thought the music was really great too. That was really cool. Um, there were a ton of fun moments. I think that initial like um, car chase. Um, they're trying to steal Okja. Like this whole car chase yeah. thing that happens at the beginning of the movie is really really funny and great. Um, Something I like Fast and Furious, sir. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um, so I'm I'm a big fan. Um, I also just wanted to mention it because there were a lot of people in this movie too that I didn't really expect. Um, the girl that plays Moaning Myrtle is in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, like yeah. Tilda Swinton. Somehow she has. She a career is such after a Moaning great Myrtle. Actress. She yeah. appears in everything. But the thing is, Bridget like Jones I wasn't looking up. Um I like took a second to like look down and I heard the voice and I immediately <laughs> was like, Moaning Myrtle, uh-huh. what are you doing in this movie? Um I've read other reviews of, of movies that she's been in <laughs> and they always refer to her as, as Moaning Myrtle. Myrtle. I'm I like, know. maybe she truly loves this role. Or maybe she's <laughs> like Typecast. this. She's like, why is this sticking with me? She has a very distinctive voice, which she I does. think is yes. the problem. Uh-huh. Um but one of um one of the moments <laughs> that I, we were talking about before we started recording was was, um, Jake Gyllenhaal is insane, um, and there's this part where he is like um, very upset over something in a meeting, and he's crying a lot. And then like it, he's like uh, looks like he's trying, to, he's like gonna lose balance. So in order to like you know catch himself, he just grabs onto this bald guy's head that's standing <laughs> next to him, and he just like continues to weep. Um, and it was like something that was just like so silly. And I'm like, I hope that was like an improvised weird thing that he just decided to do. Just one was, take, and they did it. It was absurdity, so. Yeah. Insane. I was like, wait, that was the weirdest fucking thing ever. <laughs> uh, but yes, yes, big fan of Okja. I'm really happy I saw it, and I'm glad that like this kind of adds to the collection of Netflix originals that I think are really, really amazing. And I do think out they're putting they're putting out like a lot of really awesome content. And this was Oscar nominated. You said not, not okay, not for any. Um, I imagine. I mean, it, I don't think it was in any theaters whatsoever. So it's not oh, like Netflix yeah, right. attempted mm. to. I can't believe, like visual effects, like the, the mm-hmm. yeah, again the rendering of Okja like herself and is... costume design and yeah. yeah if um. things weren't the way they were, I feel like it totally would have been nominated for mm. some stuff. Yeah, I will say there were debates about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Really. Uh, there was one. Well, Christine, that how about you share your opinion? Declared it barely watchable, <laughs> <laughs> and I can still hear Johnny Wilcox shrieking in my ears. Yes, wow. <laughs> but I feel like that's what's great. But about I it. think he's hamming it up for yeah uh, a reason. I'd rather see somebody just like turn it up to eleven. 
than just be like a Bruce Willis. Yeah, like he. <laughs> oh, like a modern day wow. give no fucks Bruce Willis. I mean, I heard he brings it a little bit in un- in a, a little glass. bit, but like he's he's a very tired man himself character in Unbreakable anyway. So it was like okay, you could kind of phone this in a little bit probably. <laughs> um. Yeah, I love um, J. Jonah Hall's performance. That like I thought was very instantly funny. drew me yeah into the movie. Mm-hmm. He reminded me of like if um you know Steve Irwin if he didn't die unfortunately a tragic death and then never went forgive on, those stingrays mm-hmm. those stingrays and then went on to like because I think he genuinely wanted to like teach people about animals but got roped into mm-hmm. like. I don't know, alcoholism or greed, like, you don't really understand. Well, he becomes, where- he kind of, like, says at the beginning that he, um, isn't, like, really popular anymore. Like, yeah. like kids don't really watch him, like, he's not getting any ratings. I think that's why he starts crying, because she t- mentions how bad his ratings are, and he just starts, like, weeping uncontrollably. Um, for a show, Animal Magic. Um, <laughs> but, like, there is, like, some, like, interesting parts, like, the very beginning, like, he's, he, you're introduced to him, and he's sweating, and he's a total douchebag. Um, but then he, like, apologizes for that right after, like, to the to the girl mm-hmm. he's like I'm really sorry about that and I was like oh that was kind of like a lovely moment like I just thought you were like gonna be a total like horrible human um, but then he's responsible for the most grotesque yeah. scene of the whole yeah he, he really yeah. is um, and it was horrifying um, and what was I gonna say too um, what I thought was interesting was that because he's a TV personality he has this like very you know big persona but then off screen he's exactly the same and Garrett and I were talking about that so I was like oh that's not even a persona he's just fucking weird as shit and has a TV show maybe like 20 years ago it was a persona yeah. and now it's now just... he's like fully embodied also his outfit is hilarious he's wearing those weird shorts the whole time big hat big, big hat. hat yeah I'm so into it we're getting flashes of like Rainbow Randolph from uh, Death to Smoochie right now oh shit yeah <laughs> you're right that's like it, that's like a really good way to like kind of compare it yeah um, so I think, yeah, the characters, I think the plot, and I loved how, Christine, you brought reviews that kind of summed up this, like, two different worlds, like this kind of more, a movie with, like, Korean, you know, Japanese filmmaking sensibilities, also clashing with, like, American morality tale about capitalism and the food industry. And I thought uh, Bong pulled it off, you know, successfully well. I'll probably watch this movie again in the next kind of couple weeks. Sam, do you think you'll watch it? No, absolutely not. I'm actually still really stuck on the fact that they did this in that movie. Mm. I find it, like, kind of disgusting. Mm. And, Dave, I know before we even started recording, you were like, I don't understand why people, like, feel I said more... unpopular opinions No, 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 but, but I, I wanted to go to that. <laughs> I understand that point. And I think that if there's a scene like this in any movie, it, it's really disgusting, and I ended up, like, not liking it. Mm. And so, like, I absolutely will never see but this movie. But that's also, like, a reality of that industry that I feel like you you just don't see um and like we're there just like yep like we're just like these things like have to fucking breed and like this is the best of the best so we need like this to have like babies and stuff like that do you think that the movie could have been as impactful without that scene i feel like that's always an interesting i think so but there's also other really disturbing parts in that too like uh the end when they go back to that like facility where they're Mm -hmm. killing all of the super pigs um one of one of the moments where i was like i really lost it was bawling my eyes out was when um they shoot one of them and it just like slumps over and i just like i'm immediately started weeping it was so hard to watch um but like you know that's you know definitely some of the reality of that that industry which is still like a really big industry um that's probably how the chicken tender i just ate was made like yeah it's just not for me it's just not for me yeah but there is this like so there's this part that i really appreciate um where 
so Paul Dano's organization goes in and, like, they've, like, rigged stuff so they can videotape all this stuff happening. So they're watching it. And, like, the one of the girls that's, like, watching it in the room is, like, you have to turn this off. Like, you have to... Or at least turn down the volume. Like, I can't hear this. This is all horrible. Um... And then, like, Paul Dano goes to, like, tell uh, the girl, like, what they're going to do. And, like, he, he like, um, is translating. So he's holding up signs that translate everything to Korean, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. So he's just holding them up. And, like, at one part it says, like, we love you. Um, but there's a part where, like, what they're going to do, their whole big thing, is that they're going to show this footage to the world to show that this is not a good company, this is the kind of shit they're pulling. Um, And he, like, in the cards, is just like, no matter what you do, do not turn around when this starts playing. Like, do not look at this. Because they hijacked the, like, the big TV screens during the parade. And then, like, when it comes on, you can, like, kind of see she's, like, about to kind of turn and do it. Um, And then, like, he jumps on stage and is like, look at me. Like, do not turn away from me you just like stare at me and do not look at this and it was like this really like beautiful moment where he obviously like very much cared for like this girl and her cause um he even kind of like breaks some of his like ethical code in order to protect this girl at one point too which i thought was really impactful well and jumping on stage that reveals who he is in the whole scene yeah so he immediately like fucked himself um which was very interesting yeah cool any other kind of final thoughts on okja i'll check it out let's see what's up Sounds upsetting, but it sounds uh, thoughtful and it sounds like it's uh, got a lot of really kind of interesting and developed uh, characters and caricatures, which sounds mm-hmm. really fun. So, mm. And it, I mean, the CGI was really great, too. Like yeah. all the yeah. um, You effects. believe it when it's rolling down the hill and hits the apple tree. I know. Like, I, I remember <laughs> watching that being like, oh, like, are you, like, is this OK? I mean, I know it's a super pig, but are you OK? <laughs> super pig. Um, are you are you Bruce? <laughs> but it was also like it's a it was a movie that like made me feel a lot of feelings to an animal that actually wasn't even there, which was also like kind of impactful, <laughs> too, where I was like, oh, wow. Like, that shows you it's like a, a well-made and yeah. good movie. So I was like, you know, I think at the beginning I was kind of like, OK, whatever. It's kind of like quiet and slow pace. So I was like doing other stuff as it was playing. And then like towards the end of it, I was like all invested and all in. So, yeah. Cool. Well, um, we hope you guys, if you check out Okja, let us know if you enjoyed it and your thoughts on the movie. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with our whiteboard qu- questions segment. Questions. Questions. <laughs> questions. <laughs> See you soon. And we are back with Butter With That, and we are at our whiteboard question segment. Um, Every episode, one of us brings a question that we pose to the group. And this week, my question is, can you create the ultimate Oscar bait movie? Um, Tori, I know we were talking a lot about The Green Book 
this year being like the typical Oscar bait movie of ignorant white man learns about racism through mm-hmm. a nice black man. This kind of like trope that we see. Yeah. You know, over and over throughout um, cinema. So I thought this would be a really fun question to try to make the best Oscar bait movie. And Christine, I think you wanted to go first. Oh, well, I've okay. Yes, I've gotten written. Okay. So, uh, Oscar bait movie. Steven Spielberg directs Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks in a dramatic <laughs> new feature where stories collide, Jesus. lessons are learned, and truth is ultimately revealed during a downpour of rain in a field of pruned, but not too pruned, plastic shrubs. <laughs> it's... <laughs> We shouldn't have let Christine go first. Well, I'm get, I'm giving you time to to think through stuff. Okay, it's a movie about the making of a remake of the 1997 classic Her Majesty Mrs. Brown, originally starring Judi Dench. Streep plays actress Meryl Streep, who inhabits the role of Queen Victoria and Tom Hanks as Tom Hanks, playing her loyal servant, John Brown. I can't. Over the course of the movie, 24 narratives intertwine with one another, (laughs) all set within the Universal Studios lot. In the opening scene, the boom mic guy, played by Daniel Day-Lewis, out from retirement, Gets hit by a car and Tom Hanks finds him bleeding in the parking lot, cradles his precious head and promises to devote his entire being to the production. In preparation for the role of Victorian horse handler, Hanks as Hanks only speaks to cast and crew in horsey guffaws. (laughs) Meanwhile... (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, Streep as Streep Trying to overcome the grief of losing her entire family in a plane crash also throws herself into her role as the queen while also trying to hide an ever-consuming addiction to red cabbage. As she secretly devours red cabbage in her dressing trailer, she is she has vivid flashbacks of going down in a plane with her family and being one of the only two survivors. These scenes of wreckage and fire and sand are intensified by a booming Hans Zimmer score and captured with cinematic sweep by Coen Brothers collaborator and cinematographer cin- cinematographer Roger Deakins. I've only had one more sentence, folks. Okay. In a dramatic final sequence, we find out that the director, played by P.T. Anderson, was actually the secret other survivor of the crash and took on this universal production as an act of reconciliation and apology to Streep as Streep. The end. I was about wow. to say, wait, Spielberg is using Hans Zimmer. Something is wrong here. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ooh, yes. That is a. Um, I mean, I'm into that culture. That's the folk. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But right. Oh, he's like standing in the rain, just like bawling his eyes out outside of Steven Spielberg's house. This is when the Academy <laughs> accepts some uh, new takes on. <laughs> We'll tried in true yeah. formula. Maybe this will be after he has uh, passed on. Yes. He, he makes this one. Wow. I, I thought you were just gonna, I didn't even think you were gonna go into, like, an actual, like, real synopsis. Of the I movie. didn't. I thought you were sticking with that very broad, like, they learn lessons, and I was yeah. so fine with that. Yeah, I was like, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know if, how much of this we were supposed to do. But no, I thought that, that, was, amazing. that was amazing. I had, I had a day off today, folks. I didn't have to go to work. <laughs> was, that, was the phrase horsey guffaw? Yeah, Hor- that's his method acting. <laughs> oh, anybody want to follow that up? No. <laughs> 
Uh, I have one. Um, so this is a film set in, uh, seemingly set in uh, a battle uh, a battlefield um, from World War One. Uh, a lot of craters, a lot of mud, um, a lot of brutality. But uh, the only person occupying it. Uh, is a handsome white British soldier, of course, because this is an Oscar bait film, right, mind exactly. you. Right, um, exactly. I imagine Ray Fiennes, because, you know, English patient, sure. Um, <laughs> bringing it back. And as he's wandering around, he, uh, he encounters um, his very well-dressed uh, wife, who, uh, despite them being in, like, this blown-out, horrifying landscape, um, just sort of have this, like, this quietus, like, this very nice, like, just, like, restfulness where it's just the two of them in what should be a hellscape but they're just like you know it's very serene and everything um and then finally uh as uh, the film goes on it finally reveals that um it is uh in fact his wife who is reading the letters that he wrote her from the battlefield Ooh. about missing her and about the experience there and picturing herself being there along with him at his side while Ooh. she is in a bunker during World War II, as England is being bombed. Mm. Battlefield love. <laughs> Battlefield. <laughs> Damn. Battlefield of love? Uh, Battlefield? No, Battlefield colon love. Mm. Oh, <laughs> yes. Got it. Yes. Oscar bait. That's got my fun name. Um, mine actually had Tom Hanks in it, too. <laughs> I, I figured there might be some crossovers. Um, but uh, similar to... All the other two, this is a period piece, but it is a civil war Ooh. period drama mm. throwback. Um, where Tom Hanks is a civil war uh, surgeon. Oh, and no. That he, as he was always meant to be. As he was meant to be. But uh, in a devastating battle, his you know tent is blown up like he's the sole survivor of this intense battle. And so he has to pick up arms and fight and also do surgery on these young men. Um, and so he kind of becomes this like de facto general in this like intense 48 hour period in these soldiers lives. And then I imagine it would end like saving private Ryan, where one of the young soldiers goes to his grave in like the 1890s or something Whoa. like the anniversary of his sacrifice for the whole. Ooh, will that be the opening and closing scene? Yes. I mean, it makes sense. Cause he's done almost every war, right? Ooh, <laughs> wait, that would be a great thing to think. Has he, He's I mean, definitely Charlie Wilson's War, War II, number that one. Actually sounds, <laughs> that actually sounds like the title of a movie. He has done, done every war. <laughs> he had a hand in making the Pacific. Um, also, Band of Brothers. His son was in Band of Brothers. Colin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot mm -hmm. about Colin that. Hanks is the also Vietnam. very very young um, James McAvoy is in an episode of Band also, of Brothers also Michael Ooh. Fassbender uh -huh. Tom Hardy in Band of Brothers um, he is weirdly Jimmy Fallon also Ooh. what yeah. also even weirder um, fucking what's his name cool. uh, Schwimmer oh yeah. yeah I was about to say this is a handsome war but once you get to Fallon and uh, <laughs> Schwimmer never mind oh my god need to watch Band of Brothers. It's, really good. Yeah. it's amazing. It's Damian Lewis in it. So Yo good. Yeah. So that's my brief synopsis for my Civil War Oscar bait Tom Hanks feature. Huh? Um, I, like I mean, mine, I feel like is like bullet pointed, like what you would need to make this like a thing. But like going off of like the whole like green book thing, I feel like there has to be a thing where like, a, you know, let's say like Leonardo DiCaprio or something mm -hmm. is like a, um, um, he's like coming back from some war, like in Afghanistan or something, and he has PTSD and he befriends like, I don't know, like a very old black woman who has like, um, 
who is like blind or something. She has some sort of physical issue as well. Octavia Spencer um, playing exactly. Older. Yeah, Octavia Spencer is going to be in mine too. Yeah, Ooh. there you go. Mm-hmm. And he like you know learns so much from her and like learns how to deal with like his trauma and emotions and stuff. And then she tragically dies, but he goes on and like tries to you know spread her message and and stuff. So that's kind of my whole thing. When There's probably said- some moving number in it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, or, uh, or whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> One musical number, but that's it. I care so little. <laughs> I, I imagine that. Fucking. I also imagine that maybe like she dies, but he does like she's dead the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh that's uh, there's always one of those, right? Well, true. Yeah. Roma. No. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Is that, is that the plot to Roma? It, it really isn't. <laughs> I haven't seen Roma. But that's what you thought it might be? <laughs> Mexico was all in our heads. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay. Yeah, so my movie is going to star some, like, celebrity that's gotten in trouble for, like, drugs, beating up their wife. So, like, somebody somebody like Emile Hirsch, somebody like that, where they want to redeem this person. So, starring Emile Hirsch, um, known for Speed Racer, Into the Wild... Um, other privileged Jared movies just like got that. Speed Racer on Blu-ray because we love that movie so okay, much. It's a good movie. It's good. Um, it is good. But anyway, so Emil Hirsch in the movie is going to be this party boy um, from a very rich, very wealthy family. The family is like a CEO of like like a, a multi-billion dollar company. Netflix, also produced by Netflix. <laughs> also produced by Netflix. Um Basically, his parents are like, that's it. You're cut off. You've got to do community service. So they send him to Flint, Michigan. So (laughs) in Flint, he figures out the water crisis problem. And so he basically learns. He he would. He would. (laughs) Basically, he's like, well, I'm still a privileged white bad boy. Blah, 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 blah. But then because of Octavia Spencer and her family, he's like, wow, black people are people, too. And so then, yeah, surprisingly to Emile Hirsch, not like in actuality. I don't know you, Emile Hirsch, um, but his (laughs) character. Right. Um, I don't want to like slander you um but who knows maybe but anyway moving along god now he's never gonna be on our show (laughs) god damn it um so he becomes like an actual human being hey like oh i understand that people exist more than just me a white male from a privileged background and so he appeals to his family he's like listen we have so much money can't our whatever foundation just take care of the the bad water pipes in flint michigan and they're like you gained a heart son you did it (laughs) so he becomes the mom Tony Collette. Mm. Just because we've been talking a lot about her lately. Um, They look nothing alike. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) And um, he becomes the white savior that the Oscars are always looking for. They do love those. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it's because, what, that like 70% of, you know. 78. 78% of white people need that. (laughs) Well, that movie sounds sounds rough. You have a title? (laughs) No. 
Hmm. If you have a great title, <laughs> put it on our Instagram. It's all Facebook. water under the bridge. I was trying to think of something with Flint, but I don't know. Uh, weirdly, my mind went to Summer of My Monkey. Summer of My Monkey, colon, the water crisis. Summer of My Lead. Summer of My Water summer Crisis. Summer of My Lead Water. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, somebody fix that, for but, God's sake. Yeah, by the by, this is Jesus a really Christ. serious issue. It and is like, real, it is if anyone thing. can fucking donate money to fix the fucking like, water the fuck system in there, like, thing? my God, can we you please do that? Then has like the government shut down for 34 days into that minutes. That Flint's been out of water for yeah. At the top. Yeah, people I, people need to constantly be reminded. Yeah, that like, that's hey, still a fucking thing. Hey, Jeff Bezos, whatever the fuck your name is, don't you think that this instead of creating like Amazon Smart Home or whatever? Well, he's getting divorced and he didn't sign a prenup, so he's going through some stuff. Oh, <laughs> hey, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife, can you do this? And now he's dating her friend or something. Ew. It's a whole thing. Yeah, that's so gross. He's, Ooh, yeah, geez, I know. They are billionaires. There's no way they're not. Fix the damn water system in Flint, Michigan. Seriously, just do it. I think I saw something about. What's his face? The other rich dude, Tesla. Uh, Elon uh, Musk. Elon Musk. I thought I saw Elon something Musk. He did donate so much. I thought I saw something from him recently yeah. with like Flint, but I forget. Did y'all? No, no, no. Last time Elon Musk tried to insert himself in a crisis situation. We went to the moon. <laughs> we went to the moon, Christine. No, he fucking yeah, no, sent a dude in with like a what jetpack when he was in the cave. Situation. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That was this your Oscar movie? movie? Right, because they were the soccer team was stuck yes. in the cave. Yeah, that was bad. They, yeah. they fucking didn't work. He didn't account for the narrowest part of the cave, which I feel like would be the first calculation that you would account for. <laughs> Someone who is a science man. That is exa- uh, yeah. So just, <laughs> no, he needs to stay far, far away from that issue. Yeah. Did y'all hear about mm-hmm. the story? I, I don't know what kind of rapper it is or like what kind of like hip hop person or what, well, like whatever. But like this person was supposed to make music with grind, um, with uh, Elon Musk's girlfriend Grimes. Grimes and Grimes was like nowhere to be seen so this person was just stuck in Elon Musk's house for like a full day <laughs> just like waiting around that's not the ne- next Netflix original I can safely say I think that's a place I never want to ever oh, be no. in my life God, no. <laughs> but also I would take a Tesla I'm like I'm not gonna bet I mean if he wants to it. give me a Tesla yeah. fine but do I have to go into his house to get it <laughs> <Who is laughs> ever actually like? raise your hand in this room if you've seen a Tesla yeah, in real life yeah. wow yeah. we got three Hands. There's actually. Yeah, I was, I was at the mall. I, I was at the mall one time, and there was. You know how the mall will have like a car for you know you can win it. But yeah. on the road, have you ever seen? Yeah, I've one? seen a lot. Yeah, I've really? seen a lot. I feel like it's like spotting a kingfisher. I've never seen those damn things. <laughs> you know, um, the annual Tesla count, like the bird count, except the fucking Teslas don't actually exist. <laughs> Has anybody seen a Tesla since the government shut down? Oh god. Yes. You know the. Um, you know the Target that's on like. 20, 20th and Hamilton. Not Do Hamilton, I? 20th yeah, yeah. and like, what's the yeah. street? Like right near? What's yeah, Hamilton. The, not Hamilton. No, 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 it's not Hamilton. Next to the Wawa. Callow Hill. Callow Hill, yeah. It's 20th Probably and Callow Hill. There's a Tesla charger station, oh. parking station right in that wow, little area. I must have walked right by it. You did. <laughs> Whoops. Have you ever been inside of a Tesla? Have you ever seen one? Do you go to the Target on 20th and Cowell Hill? Be sure to let us know all of Has these. Has there ever been a Tesla charging over there? Are there birds? <laughs> let us know all these important details on our Instagram page, Facebook page, and Twitter page. It's Christine we need, we need to put those hat. birds in boxes. And Bird he, snatch. We have to wrap up this episode. <laughs> or Vanderbox. 
Both made my soul die. Starring Elon Musk. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. Even Bandersnatch sounds weird. Every time I hear it, I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you trying to say? What is God this? bless you. <laughs> Anything anybody wants to do a shout out before we wrap up? No. Did you already say our social media? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> This will get posted on Sam's birthday, right? Yeah. So happy birthday to Sam. Thank you. Can you sing a song for us? No. Hashtag not going to happen. If you want us to start a Patreon so you can hear Sam sing. Why? Why do you want this? Because you don't want it. You brought it up. You brought it up. I didn't. Well, that's it for us here. Butter with that HQ. Everyone have a wonderful evening.